0: You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. First of all, hey guys! Next Saturday, at eight o'clock is our uh, men's breakfast. Praise God! Every you know we have that the first. Some people thought it was yesterday, but yesterday was the thirtieth. Today's the first. So next, next, uh, next Saturday, eight o'clock. Come, you'll be blessed. Uh, good things will take place. And then also all of you ladies uh, on the 14th, the following Saturday is the Mother's Day uh, brunch and the Mother's Day uh, that you guys are going to have and wonderful, all you can do. I know Leticia does a great better job than I do with the craft. I, you know, uh, it's $20 a person because it's going to be catered uh, and uh, taken care of so that all of you can be blessed. We're going to have all of the the tents set up and uh, all fixed up, making it look really nice and pretty for you. So, uh, you can get your tickets because uh, uh, Angelica's still here so she can handle all of the tickets there in the back. Uh, and I know you've been doing that and that's a, a tremendous blessing. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So we have one more announcement here which uh, Miss Marilyn's going to come up and just share with you some things are going on in the political agenda and stuff. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Amen.
1: uh first of all i i just i want to thank pastor mark from the bottom of my heart for allowing um the community action team in this church as i you know really dug into this it's really a rare thing to find something like this in a church body and um the more I dig in and the more I find out, find out the more grateful I am. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to cry here. <laughs> I I'm you know all of this stuff is very very heavy on my heart especially this last week. And um, just you know reminded that on Wednesday night you know pastor you know asked the question Actually, God asked the question, will, we, will you be find, found faithful? And then Gary Batt, you know, challenged us as a church to intercede. And um, this year is, is a very pivotal year and a very important year for the body of Christ. Um, for all of us in America, we are fighting a battle. And um, in California, now everyone will get a mail-in ballot. So they have they passed that so everyone gets a mail-in ballot, and they're going to be mailing those out in the beginning of May. Our primaries are in June, and then of course November is the election. And um, you know, I, I am one of these. I've never been involved in anything political <laughs> in my life. I it's it's an it's an amazing thing that I'm standing here. Um. But I I don't think that way anymore. I don't even think it's political. I don't even like that word. I just think it's our responsibility as the body of Christ to govern our lives. And we were given a constitution. And the ability to be involved in our government, it's by the people and for the people. We are the government. We are the government. And so it's important that we elect officials in our government, that represent biblical values. And in order to do that, we have to have fair elections. So election integrity is one of the most important things that we have right now. And so I'm the first, I'm the cheerleader for what's the point. Um, But God has changed my view. (laughs) So I'm going to give you three reasons why it's important to vote. First of all, I've already mentioned, it's our God, it's our minimal, God-given responsibility. Two, if you take your mail-in ballot and you take it in and you go vote in person, make sure that you're on the roll, that's one vote. It's more difficult to steal. They steal votes for people who don't show up or they just mail in their ballot or whatever. So, so show up. And thirdly, if we all show up and we all vote our biblical values and things don't turn out the way we think they should, it's a better platform to expose the fraud. So there are so many reasons to go out there and register to vote if you haven't already and to take your mail-in ballot and take it in in person. And lastly, um, I think the timing is very important for this. We know that there's many, many, many people out there that are already exposing election fraud, but we don't hear about it because it's squelched, it's censored, it's all of the above. There's a new uh, documentary coming out called 2,000 Mules. It's going to be in select theaters, and it's coming out this May 2nd. It's, that's the, why this announcement. It's coming out soon. There's gonna, yeah, yeah. You have, to, you can't find out about it other than by email, by word of mouth. It's censored. Um, there's, so it's everyone out here on our website. There is a link on the action page where you can go, you can find out, you can buy tickets, you can go to the premiere, which is May 7th, which is online streaming, you can pre-order DVDs, you can watch it together with your family and friends in your own home, um, whatever. And it's important because it's educational. It is proof of the fraud. And it's not meant to get you to jump on your white horse with your you know javelin and go out and you know save the world on your own it's meant to educate you it's meant to give you a passion for prayer it's meant to to help you understand the battle that we're facing and so that you can be on your face before the lord and ask him what is my part and if your part is voting then great if your part is being in, in part of the intercessory prayer, then great. If your part is helping to get other people educated, because there's no other way, we have the Paul Revere, is the way we're finding out our information now. So thank you, for, uh, thank you Pastor Mark, for indulging me for the extra time I spent. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your participation.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, if we don't have a voice, nobody will have a voice. And people get all excited about things. And of course, you know, if you want to get in a big fight, talk about family and talk about politics. And uh, you can cause all kinds of things to take place. But uh, the issue is is that we're the body of Christ and we've got to have a voice to declare and to do you know, we, we want righteousness and truth to prevail. Amen? Amen. And uh, we see what everybody else is doing right now. I mean, there's a tremendously ungodly bill and a tremendously ungodly things. Anytime you can legislate murder, you're, it's pretty bad in our society and in our things and stuff. So you have to understand, that's uh, uh, they're not thinking right. They're not acting right. They're not doing right. Whether No matter what you think or believe, but when you come against the word of God... You know, this is our standard. This is our standard. This is what we go by. This is our, this is our law book. This is our moral compass, if you would. And uh, what happens to folks is that, um, you know, we, uh, we have a tendency to, uh, want somebody else to do some things and yet we just need to do our part. Amen. And like I always say, you know, it's humorously, but actually it's, it's very true. If you vote, then you at least get to complain. If you don't vote, then shut up. You don't get nothing. You don't get to do anything. Okay. If you didn't even have the, I mean, especially now, even if you mailed it in, they get it, you know. And it's, it, it's, you didn't have to pay a stamp on it. It's free. Okay. Hallelujah. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to First Timothy. Glory to God, and and we're going to pray, and we're going to let God be God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. And, and no matter how bad the world gets, guess what? The church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. We've got to be the light. We're all about Jesus Christ and him crucified and getting people saved because that's what it is. We just need to get them all saved. If they get all saved, they'll all change. They'll stop doing stupid things. But, uh, you know, hey, But we need to know is that we just need to do our part. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. I honor you today. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for all of these folks that are here and all of those that are watching, Father. Father, I believe that I've got a word from God to give to the body of Christ at Harvest Bible Church this morning. I really believe that because I believe it. We just There are questions that we all have. There are questions that we're looking at, frustrations that we have. But Father, I trust the Holy Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, you bring forth what you want to bring forth. You form fit this message. Bring life to each and every one. Bring truth. Because it's the truth that when we get the truth, the truth sets us free. There's freedom in the truth. Truth of the word of God sets us free, Father. And and it causes your life to be made manifest in our lives. So, Lord, I yield myself to you. I honor you. I just love you and praise you and thank you, Father. Oh, what a privilege it is to stand and and to minister the word of God to your wonderful people. Oh, I just trust the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you speak through my lips, hallelujah, and think through my mind. That God will be glorified, magnified, and that the word of the Lord will come forth and touch the lives of every individual. Oh, I just thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And in verse 6, says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, I'm not sure what my title is. I wrote down two titles here. One is, what do you want? And the second one is, uh, are you contented or or are you resented? Or do you have contentment or do you have resentment? You know, things like in the body of Christ... And uh, uh, we have tendencies to either we're, we're resentful for things or we're just contented with things. And this past week, I was, uh, you know, I got a nice little drive when I go home because it takes 30 minutes both ways. But while I was driving, I was driving and, and I was just, you know, as I always do, I was praying in tongues and, and worshiping the Lord. And uh, um, so as, as I was just allowing God to be God, all of a sudden, God began to speak to me and then began to speak through me. And uh, the bad thing about it is he gave me an incredibly wonderful spiritual song that I didn't record or do anything, but it was so cool, but he actually gave me this message uh, this morning and uh, about it, because basically I heard this voice say, you know, because I'm crying out to God, and I'm praying, and I'm just crying, God, I want you to move. God, I want you to do things. I want you to just touch lives. I, I want lives to be changed. I want the, the needs met. I want people to be saved. I want people to be healed. I want people to be delivered. I want people to be filled. I-, I just want you, you know, and and and. and i And I'm just crying out to God. And the funny thing about it is he said, what do you really want? (laughs) Boy, just stop me. I said, well, I want everybody to know how real you really are. Because people contact me and they talk to me and they tell me how God's not doing things in their lives. Or how this is happening or that's happening. Uh, you know, but when we see it. Now, you're there at verse 6. Jump down to verse um, 11 and 12 here, okay? Because it talks about things that we've got to do. So I'm going to throw out some questions to you today. And the very first one is the same one that got threw out to me. What is it that you really want from God? And what do you really know when God is doing something in your life? Or what is it that you really want that's going to cause contentment? Amen? Hallelujah. But look at verse 11 and 12. He said this. He said, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I'm going to read that to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So, run from all these evil things and pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. You know, when you understand and lay hold of eternal life, we understand that we do have a fight, and that fight is a fight of faith. It is. We've got to stir up the gift of God that's within us. We've got to rise up because, you know, many times we like to just, we kind of have shotgun prayers, you know, and what I mean by that, we just blast out and hope that maybe one of the things we're saying works, but God is designed for us to be specific, but God is designed for us to take his word and begin to go because the next question is really God says, well, what are you really asking me for? Now lest you think that that's a bad thing Remember when the, when the blind Two blind men were there and they were crying out And they were crying out and they said Oh thou son of David have mercy on me!" And everybody was telling them to be quiet Because there's another way where he was talking about the one blind man Blind Bartimaeus but this is another time And they're crying out and they tell the guy hey, quiet And then Jesus is like what, what are they And so when they bring them to Jesus Jesus says What do you want me to do We well, did it pretty obvious I mean, Jesus, you know, they're crying out, "Have you know, they're there isn't it obvious what they want him to do, but listen, just because it's obvious doesn't mean that Jesus has the permission to do it. Amen. He has to get them. What do you want me to do? And they said that we might receive our sight. The Bible says he has compassion on him, he lays his hand on him, and they receive their sight. Other times with Blind Bartimaeus and with these other ones, he said, be it unto you according to your faith. Amen. Do you know what happens to many of us in what we're doing is we're trying to get God to do everything instead of us doing what He's already done and believing and us working together with Him? Amen? Us connecting together with Him and grabbing the truth of the Word of God, saying, What do you want me to do? And you've got to ask yourself, What is it that you specifically want God to do in your life? How do you know when God is moving in you? How do you know when things are real? I'm glad I got your attention because he got my attention really quick. I mean, thank God I, I, I you know, uh, I almost had to pull over. It, uh, but I was like, okay, Lord, here's what we need to do. How, how do I, what am I asking for? What am I looking for? What am I really wanting to see? You know, what kind of service do we want to see? Do you know, we want, everybody wants to have camp meeting services all the time. You know, what do they mean by that? It means you come together. God's doing great things. I mean, they're shouting, dancing, weeping, healings, casting out devils. I mean, it's God at all. But see, everybody wants camp meeting meetings, but then nobody wants to stay for camp meeting. See, because camp meeting means you're gonna come and it's a three, four-hour service. We ain't having three or four hour service because all of you go home. You get too hungry. Because we're coming back, okay? But when you come family, special meetings are awesome and we do these things. But but what are we doing? Because did you notice it talked about that we need to have a godly life? It talked about godliness. That's one of the main things that people they want God to do everything, but they want to live like the devil. They don't want to do anything God asks them to do. They don't want to do anything about what the Bible says, but they want God to do everything. And then don't beat yourself up. Don't get mad at anybody else because you're just like the children of Israel. God brought the children out of Egypt. I mean, he gets them delivered. That's the type of being born again. He gets them out of there and he brings them out of the land of Egypt and he provides everything. I mean, everything is provided. Their shoes don't wear out. Their clothes don't wear out. They got perfect Temperature Perfect 72 during the day, perfect 72 at night. They got a cloud over them by day. They got fire over them by night. They got food every morning. They don't even have to do anything. They don't have anything. Everything's provided for them. Everything is taken care of, all of their natural needs. And they were the biggest complaining bunch of folks you've ever seen. <laughs> they griped and complained. They're just like all the Christians today. <laughs> God, I want more. God, I want more. God, I want more. See, godliness with contentment is great gain. I remember hearing this statement one time, and a minister said this. He said, I have to be satisfied with a dissatisfaction. And I thought, well, what are you talking about? He said, I'm never satisfied with what's going on or what's happening. I always want more, but i got to be satisfied in that what God is doing in my life. That doesn't mean that I'm not exercising my. Doesn't mean that I want to. But why do I want more? What is my reasoning behind it? What am I expecting? My expectation is God's invitation into my life. But my expectation. What am I? My expectation is His invitation to move for me. His invitation to reveal something. His invitation to heal. His invitation to provide. Amen? His invitation, do I believe he's going to give me wisdom if I need it? The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, who upbraids not. Without a second thought, God will give. God said, if we ask according to his word, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have. So we look at these things and say, well, what is it? So you got to ask him, what is it that I really want? What is it that my heart's cry, my heart's desire in that I want that relationship, I want that joy, I want that peace, amen, because you can't buy that. Some of the most miserable people I've ever been around were the richest people I was ever around, and they were miserable. I thought, golly, if this is what rich is like, I do not want to be rich. I want to be as poor as I can be. You know now you see you don't really mean that, but no, I mean, in that sense of the word, I just want to know, hey, because if if you look at here, you know we 're there in 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 chapter six, you also know that we skipped over that world famous verse you know that says, "For the love of money is the root of all evil you know it didn 't say money was the root of all, I said the love of it you can you, you can have no money and still love it. in fact, most people who don 't have it love it more than those that do, but the pro- problem with that is is that we we have to say hey, what can I do to receive? Isn't it amazing that Psalms 37 says that trust in the Lord, you know? Trust in the Lord, you know? Commit your ways unto him, and he'll direct your steps. You know, delight yourself in the Lord, amen? And he'll give you the desires of your heart. But most people don't even know what their desires are. Amen? Amen? We don't have a thought process. So we've got to get focused in, and let's pinpoint ourselves, Lord, what is it, and let's receive things from God. You know, something happens when you actually receive on your own and nobody else knows that you are doing that. And it's just you and God. Amen? See, because why do we get resentful and why don't we have resentment and we're not contented is because we're resentful because it looks like God's answering somebody else's prayer and he's not answering mine. It looks like God's meeting somebody else's needs and he's not meeting my needs. Amen? See, and the whole problem is, is that God's met everybody's needs. God's given everything. God's already done everything. S- somebody is tapping into getting their needs met because they're doing some things. And because you're not, or because you're feeling sorry for yourself, because you're wanting God to do it, you're like the children of the uh, we don't want food. We don't want bread anymore. What's the meat? God's like, cool. Moses is like, oh my God, how are you going to do that? Turn, go over to Mark chapter 9 with me if you would. You know, isn't it crazy? It, it, it's only, you, know, you see this in the, in the Old Testament. When Moses said, how are you going to do that? There's 600,000 men here, not counting women and children and everything else. Because there was an you know, estimate of about 2 million uh, uh you know, Jews, Israelites coming out there. So, uh, you know, 600,000 men, you know, 1.4 kids and, and, and ladies. He's like, how are you going to, you mean, you're going to kill every cattle that we have? You, all of the cattle not going to be able to feed these guys. Isn't it funny? God's been feeding them for days and months and years on manna. He's been taking care of them 100%. I mean, got a cloud, by day so that there's no scorching heat and you got fire by night. I mean, come on. You got all these miracles happening and then Moses said, "Well, how are you going to, you know, uh, can you do this?" And that's basically what he said, "Can you?" And God said, "Can I? Can I? I'm going to give you so much meat it's going to come out your nose." I love that story because what transpires is is that the minute that you began to try to say, God, can you? Amen? You get, all of a sudden, we get all messed up. I guess I should get over to Mark chapter 9. Maybe it might be a good thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Jesus said over here. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 9. Hallelujah. <laughs> Which is a really cool thing. You uh, know, I love it. I love it. And You uh, know, here in Mark chapter 9. Uh verse twenty-three. <clears throat> so cool. Because it says this. Jesus said unto him, you know, in fact, let's back up. You uh, know, and uh let's just back up to uh actually br- anyways let's back up to verse 19 this is where they brought the guy brought his son to the disciples they couldn't do anything Jesus is pretty frustrated he comes down why are you questioning and then he says in verse 19 and Jesus answered him and he said the guy answered Jesus said uh, or Jesus answered said oh faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him unto me and they brought him unto him and when he saw him straightway the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, I have a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. I like what the New Living Translation says. It says this, you know. (laughs) for verse 23 Jesus said unto him what do you mean if I can what do you mean if I can Jesus said anything is possible if a person believes see because it's not up to if God can see the minute that we try to blame God of why our problems are going on that God doesn't care the minute that we try to blame God of why we're in the situation we're in Amen. The minute that we do all of these things here, you know, what we're saying and doing is that God, it's all your fault. And why aren't you doing anything? Because I want you to do everything for me. Amen. It gets quiet about that, but see, and then people get mad. They say, well, here's the thing. You're just putting all the responsibility on me. You're putting everything on me. I am so glad that my healing, that my deliverance, that my joy, that my peace, that my prosperity is not found in your head or in what you do. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad that it's in him. Amen, that it has to do with what he's doing. Now the key is, see here's the key though. The big key is, is that God tied all of those things to you and I on what we do one to another. Amen, but Jesus said, can I, if I, what do you mean if I can? It's not up to me, it's up to you. I tell people all the time, well listen, it's up to you. People say, I tried that and it didn't work. I say, listen, if you'll repent for lying God will help you. (laughs) Because here's the key. Either God's word is truth, either God's telling the truth, either God lied or you lied. And I'm sorry, the Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. So I'm not being mean. I'm just trying to get you over here. Because what do you actually want? How big is your want to? How big is that desire? How big is that hunger? How big is that that you want to grab? You've got to take hold of it. See, because one, one of the biggest things about us too is that we don't understand the way of God. We want it our way. You know, growing up, there's, you know, when Burger King first came out and the big thing of their thing was, have it your way. You know, they had a nice little song and all, you get everything your way. You know, and everybody likes that. It's kind of like, hey, I like everything my way, but you don't get things from God your way. You only get things from God his way. See, that's why the world's so upset because God's way convicts them of sin. God's way tells them they're wrong, their actions. Amen. God's way tells them. Guess what? You did straight enough. You need to understand His ways. So I said, "Well, what is God's way? God, show me Your way." You know, it's a beautiful song called "Show Me Your Way." I want to hear Your heart. I want to walk with Your hand, the touch of Your hand every day. I want to grab hold of it. But here is the problem: most people God's way, and God told us His way. Amen. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, because you must believe that He is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, without faith, it's impossible. See, God's way is a way of faith. What is faith? Trusting in God, believing in what his word says. Trusting in what God's word says. Believing, believing in what God says. Understanding his way. See, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, you know, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, for those of you, I'm going to give it to you out of the, the New Living Translation. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. Now, see, that just throws us into an incredible tizzy. Because it's whether or not we receive from the Lord, whether or not we walk in his ways, whether or not we get what God wants us to have, whether or not we are doing what he has for us to do, all depends on if we yield to him All depends on if we have faith to believe that what his word is saying is true. Amen. Let's get down to it because God, how many of you know God wants to heal every person in the room that's sick? The power of the Lord is present to heal right now in this place. Depends on if you want to just reach out and receive it. Amen. Amen. You know, I've shared this story before, but it's it's probably my best story about it is that we had a young girl come in, and uh, she wasn't even saved, but she came in because she was given up, uh, not to die, but really she was given a really bad report, and she was going into the hospital the next day to have an operation, and she had cancer, and she she just walked in off the streets, and the presence of God was there, and all I said was, you know, the glory of God's here. The glory of God's here, just so precious. Whatever you need from God, just reach up and grab it. I mean, if you need healing, and I think I said that, if you need healing, just reach up and heal. I don't care what's going on, just reach up. And she just reached up and said, well, i just take healing of this cancer that they said I had. And she went to the doctor the next day and they couldn't find a trace of cancer. And she came back the next week and said, hey, I just want to come back and give testimony, but I'd like to get saved. She wasn't even saved. And she came back, got born again, praise God, you know, living a life for God. But it was, and of course, then people come and say, Pastor, I just don't understand why the Lord won't heal me. (laughs) I said, well, you were in the same service that little girl was. I said, "I know why God healed her and he didn't heal me. I said, well, did you reach up your hand? Did you reach up your hand in faith and say, God, here, do this? She didn't reach up her hand and say, Lord, she she just reached up and said, well, I just take healing. She didn't reach up and say, God, do anything. She just said, I reach up and I take healing for this. And God did it. Now, I know God had mercy and grace because she wasn't saved, didn't know anything. And man, that's coming of the best kind. You got a blank sheet of paper. You get to write on it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some of you, your paper's been written on for years. It's hard to find a space. We need to get the eraser out a little bit. Erase some things here. We got to erase a little unbelief over here, a little doubt over here, a little unforgiveness over here. We got to get something. We got to find room to get some places in there. We can't get healing on the page. You got it filled up with resentment. You got it filled up with unforgiveness. You got it filled up with doubt. Amen. We do because, you know, we had to learn to fear. We had to learn to doubt. We didn't have that when we were started growing up. We had to learn all those ugly things. Amen. We look at this and go, oh my gosh. You know, how are we going to handle this? How do we do this? You know. But here's the thing. When God came into my car, when God came in and was talking to me, of course, in my truck, I should say, but there, the question just rose up from within. Okay, Lord, what do you need from me? What is it that you need? I know you need faith, but what is it you need from me? do idea, in order for you to answer my prayers, in the, so that I know you're answering my prayers, because that's the joy of it, you know, here's the thing, and in order to meet the expectations, of, what are my expectations, you know, what am I expecting, I mean, God's doing supernatural things, God's moving, God's, being, you know, being blessed, the Lord is just, he, he really is, and leading, guiding, we're seeing things, the hand of God, but in the midst of yeah there's other things I think we want a utopia is what we're thinking about and, and, and we're not going to get that because we're always going to have babies born into the kingdom of God we're always going to have people the enemy's always going to be attacking so there's always going to be opportunity to pray always opportunity to lay hands on the sick always opportunity to give and to sow there's always going to be needs you know I mean I figure what they somebody said it takes 300 trillion dollars to run the world you know now, understand, it, it takes $300 trillion to run the world. You know, we're in debt, 30 trillion of that, 10% of it. Hallelujah. But the key, the, 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 you know, understanding that, the reason I share that with you is because it's just a number. So it doesn't matter if you had all those things there, you could only do the world for one day. <laughs> so it's not a matter of that. It's not a matter of having enough. It's being content with what God has and using what you have now and letting God walk around in the peace and the presence of God. It changes everything. You know, and immediately when I ask the Lord, What do you need from me? Most of the time, well God just really making me do this, God just gonna make me do this. No, you know there's a scripture in the Bible that tells you what the Lord requires of you. If you got your Bibles, go to Micah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Micah chapter six and verse eight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Because that's what they're crying out. They, you know, they were backslidden, so Micah's telling them what all is going to happen to them. and Then he's saying, well, God's going to come back to you, and he's going to do some things. But here's what he's saying. Micah 6.8 says this, and I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living because it's just a little bit uh, in more of our modern language. But here it says, no, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. That you do what is right. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. We got to do what is right. And the only thing to know way, the right way is this way. All right? What is right? Number one, you got to do what is right. Number two, you got to love mercy. You know, when you love mercy, you'll give mercy. You won't give judgment. Mercy always trumps judgment. And then he says, and to walk humbly with your God. He tells us three things. He said, do what is right. You know, you've got to think right, believe right, talk right, and then it'll help you live right. But So he says, well, do right. It's easy. Okay. What happens when somebody offends you? Somebody causes unforgiveness. And the Bible says you've got to forgive them. So you've got to do right. What do you do when somebody cheats you? Hallelujah, glory to God You can really get to meddling right now We're not going to try to do that But but what I want to get across to you Is that when you walk in line with the word of God Then you've got a right to ask God for things You've got a right to expect things You don't have any right to expect things Or ask God of things When you're not doing anything he asks you to do If you're not doing right Amen Amen Man, I had a guy come to my church, not this church, but the church I pastored before. And uh, he came in, and, I, and I, thought, I said, man, you're just, he was so, I said, what's going on? He said, I'm just going to have to leave the church. I said, well, how come? He says, because every time I come to church, I get convicted. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, well, are you sinning? And he goes, yes. And I said, <laughs> well, here's the key. Repent and stop. <laughs> God has mercy. God has grace. He wants to help you. You know, I said, I'm glad you get convicted. You're supposed to get convicted. Praise God. I don't want to leave you the same. I don't want to make you glad, mad, or I'm going to just get you just doing something. I got, I got to get this thing here. See, the Bible says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? You know, one translation says, how can two walk together unless they're going in the, in the same direction? Amen. Amen. We got to go in the same direction. We got to go with what God's doing, yes. and here's another question. Go over to John chapter eight. Go to John chapter eight and verse thirty-two and then verse thirty-six. And there's another question the Lord asked me in the car as I was driving there, because He said this. He because I was talking about man, I just want people to be free. I guess he kept saying, Lord, I just want. Because what do you? I, said, I want people to be free. He said, Well, what is freedom? What do you, What do you mean you want people to be free? I said, Well, you know, your truth will make people free. He said, Well, what is what does it really mean to be free? You know, if you grew up in the sixties and seventies like me, man, you had a lot of hippies, okay? And to be free, it was like peace, love, no war, all that kind of groovy stuff, all kind of dumb things, and different things. And everybody was free spirited, which meant there was no sin, there was no there was no laws, there was no nothing. And look how we turned out. Glory to God! What a mess. <laughs> so that wasn't freedom. Sorry about all you guys that were into that and everything else. You blew your minds out anyway. Thank God you're getting your minds renewed, just like me, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Look what it says here. And you shall know the truth, verse 32, and the truth shall make you free. And then verse 36 says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed. And the Lord asked me that question. He says, "Well, what, what does it mean to be free? Yeah, because we talk about freedom, we talk about free, we talk about what does it mean." And so, you know, I, I began to ponder that, and, and, and I'm not going to tell you have that the great revelation of it yet, and all those things. I'm not even going to ever get a great revelation because, as free as I am now, I know that the more revelation I get of the Word of God, I'm going to be freer. I'm going to know more. But the wonderful thing about when you know you're free. You're free from yourself. You're free from having to prove yourself to others. You're free, hallelujah, from the enemy how to, holding you in bondage with the lies. The lies of the enemy cease because they no longer have a hold on you. You know, when you're free, you're free to worship, you're free to do the word. And that's a, you've got control of your own soul. You know, in your patience, possess you your soul. You've got this freedom. You've got this joy. It's like, wow, that's what I'm free to be me. But the cool thing is, I'm not me outside of the Lord. Because, see, that person's supposed to be dead. So I don't, I don't know why I want to hang out with dead things. I want to hang out with alive things. I want to hang out who I am in Christ and what I have in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I know the truth. Hallelujah. You know, Because, see, many times when we say, God, help me, God, help me, we're saying, God, do it. God, do it. God, do something. (laughs) See, because the Holy Spirit says he'll help you. But if I come down here and I sit down and I say, Holy Spirit, you got to do something. He says, okay, I'm going to help you. He's going to sit down with me. He's helping me sit. (laughs) And when I stand up, he's helping me stand up. Okay, and when I walk, he's helping me walk. But if I don't, if I don't do something, he's only going to help me do what I'm doing. He's not going to do it for me. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to make me happy if I don't make myself happy. God, force God, do slap me. He's not going to slap me unless I slap myself. Unless you think that's a bad thing. You remember Job, that's what happened to Job when he got rebuked. Job said, well, the King James is really sweet. He says, I'm gonna put my hand over my mouth. No, what he said was, he slapped himself. He just smacked himself, and said, shut up. You're just about to doing this dumb. You dug a big old hole. You don't even know what you're talking about. And then he repented and God did good things, amen? Because we see these things of what God has, okay? Now, let, now we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna close on this. We're not gonna take long. Go to James, if you would, with me. James chapter one. I don't know about you, but I'm preaching me happy because many times we get this thing and it's like, okay, well, what is it exactly? Because I've told the Lord what, I mean, I keep crying out to God about different things, but then the Lord began to just deal with my heart. He said, he goes, you don't even know what you want. I said, well, Lord, I'm going to find out. I'm going to make sure that I start asking right now. Because the Bible says, if I abide in him and his word abides in me, then I can ask what I will and it shall be done unto me. That's John 15, 7. I love that verse. I love that verse. It challenges me big time because to abide in him simply means I've been born again, but I've got to take time and I've got to have fellowship with him. He's got to be number one. But then also his word has to abide in me. So when I get his word in me, it changes everything. See, so then I don't feel, I can't feel sorry for myself. I can't be upset about that this thing didn't work out or that didn't work out. I got to let God. Hold it for a second there. Hallelujah. I got to allow God to be God. Amen. Amen. You know, we have to. We have to to, to see and and know this. And I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to read six verses to you. Verse 20 through 25. And I'm going to read it out of the, the New Living translation, just because I liked it. I liked the way it said it. I could read it out of the King James here, and it's good, but I really liked what he was saying. You know, we, wouldn't, we kind of get uh, caught up. We really don't know what superfluity of naughtiness is. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to kind of read it out of the New Living so that the, the junior highs in here. They need to understand this. OK? Here we go. Uh, read it in verse 20. it says, "Whatever is good and perfect." is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Listen, every good thing and every perfect thing, everything that's good and perfect in your life, God gave you. Everything that's ugly and bad, the devil's doing it or you're doing it yourself. I never understood how people could think that God was doing bad things to them. And I grew up in a church that said God did everything that God was going to wipe you out, that God was going to beat you up, God was going to make you a greasy spot right there in the carpet. I mean, you were going to, you know, you had to repent every single time and... I mean, they preached hell hot and everything. I mean, they, they didn't even talk about the devil. Everything was God's fault. And, uh, but, the, but I never could understand that because God's a loving heavenly father. And I never could understand, you know, he, when I got born again and when I knew that the Lord was such a great God of love that I knew that everything in me that was good, he gave to me. And here's another thing I never understood about people bragging on themselves, now, I was full of pride. I was arrogant and full of pride. I loved me more than anybody else, okay? That's why I, you know, when I was growing up and, uh, and doing things, uh, I did. I, I, you know, didn't bother me if anybody didn't like me or did. I never had that problem. But the key is I had to learn how to deal with pride, and I had to learn how to deal with things. And, uh, and, and, but I, when I, and I was saved, too, but I still had all this junk, and it wasn't until I got filled with the Holy Spirit that changed my life. And I realized what it did is is it knocked out a a lot more of Mark Butler that was in there that needed to be knocked out. See, Mark Butler was supposed to die, you know, at nine years old. He did die, but that, you know, there was a lot of remembrance that kind of carried over. And uh, so, you know, and and to think, I can do this. I can do this. I can do it. I can do it. It's all, look what I've done. Look what I did. I'm going to make this, you know. Amen. And when you get into that, it can mess you all up because then you get to thinking. And and it's funny because I've heard people say, well, I'm the one that did all this stuff. Well, if it's good, God did it because without God, you can't do anything good. Amen. Amen. And when you take all the credit, God says, sure, go ahead. You'll watch yourself dig a big old hole and you'll get into a situation where you're not. And I I can remember the day. I remember the day that when I got the rest of Mark Butler out of me and Mark Butler in Christ Jesus became alive and well. And I remember when that transpired because I had to do it. And I remember that because I was painting a house with a four-inch brush, a whole house, like 2,000 square feet without a roller because I didn't have any money. But I was getting paid to do it so with a brush. And if you have a lot of time to think when you're painting with a brush... I can give you a brush and let you paint that back wall right there, and you can pray in the Holy Ghost for about 8, 9, 10, 12 hours right there, just on that wall. It'll, it'll cause you to get really humble and get really, and I remember, I remember those days. I remember that day. I remember when God, I said, God, what is going on with my life? And he said, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's happening, what's taking place. You think you can do it? What do you think now? I said, Lord, I can't do it. He said, I know you can't do it, but you've been doing it and then trying to to tell me that I've been helping you. (laughs) I said, yeah. He said, no, you can't. Once you do with me, then I'll make you and I'll show you what we can do together. If you understand what we can do together, then God, you can do it. And I began and I said, Lord, I repent. And I repented. Now, did he bring me a, a roller or a sprayer? No. I painted that whole house with a brush. I repented on the first room. Okay. But I did it. Okay. And I did it. But I tell you, I did it with joy. I did it with, with loving. And I knew, I said, all right, God, you do it. And God turned the corner of my life. And then he ordered my steps. But then from that point on, it was never more saying, oh, I can do this. Even though I come across like I can do anything, because I do believe that. I believe I can do anything because I have the greater one in me. I believe I can do all things through Christ. I just truly believe that. You know. But I had to come to the end of my rope. And I came to the end of my rope you know, at 20 years of age. Amen. And then me and God at 21, I built my first home from the ground up. Everything, and so, you know, it was such a joy because me and God could do it together. And it was such a joy, but God did it. God prospered. God did everything because he was getting all the glory, he was, and I was listening to him. It wasn't, oh, look at me. It was like, here's what God's doing. Amen? But let's keep reading. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us, from God our Father, who created all the lights in heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possession. Now understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to angry or slow to get angry, excuse me. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away. You see yourself and then you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that has set you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And I love the way James said it because James was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem so he had to deal with all those, you know, uh, 8,120 babies that he had that was born in the matter of weeks. So he was dealing with all of these folks and he was just sharing with them what he needed to do because he wanted them to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And the reason that I share that with you, the reason that I declare this and the reason for this whole message is is that, listen, God has placed within us Everything that we have need of. And God has given us the plan and the purpose to receive what he has. What is it you want? Let's take hold of it by faith. Let's grab a hold uh, of what the word of God says. And let's begin, to, instead of asking, let's begin to declare and to talk and to begin to share with God. So, God, you said that you would do this. Use this. So I want to thank you for the wisdom that you're giving unto me. I want to thank you for the hope that you're giving unto me. I want to thank you for the, for the glory of the riches of the glory and in your inheritance of the saints. What is that inheritance of what I have and what I can walk in? And I'm going to be content in what I know right now, but I'm going to be hungry for to know more. And I'm going to walk in this contentment. I'm going to walk in in this joy. And I'm going to walk in this peace. Because that's what you've given unto me. Yes, there's an enemy arrayed against us. And he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your peace. Hallelujah. But glory to God, Jesus gave you peace. The devil can't steal your peace. Jesus gave you his joy. He said, my joy I give unto you. Glory to God. Satan can't steal your joy. Amen? Hallelujah. He can't do that. Thank God that we've got wisdom and understanding because God said that that we could have it. Amen? We look at these things. Yes. Do we got to live right? Yes. And if you don't live right, don't expect anything. It's up to you. I love you. We're going to still love you. Not a problem. Amen? But here's the key. If you want to walk in the truth, if you really, really know what is it that you want, What is it that you're desiring? Hallelujah. And you know what we're really all desiring? It's really just the relationship. Because when you have an incredible relationship with Jesus and an incredible relationship with the Father, nothing else compares. It's that peace that passes all understanding it's that joy, it's, it's that just being in that place where God speaks to your heart, where God touches your lives and where you know that you are secure in the hand of God. See, because it said godliness is profitable for this life and for the world to come. It didn't even get there. It's profitable. Well, what profit is it? Number one is protection. Amen? Hallelujah. God's going to protect you when you're in here and you're doing what God's going to protect you. Hallelujah. His protection. Will be, and you got to believe that. Number two, God's going to bring provision. He's going to make sure that you're provided for. He's going to make sure that your needs are met because he said that already. Amen. He already will. Hallelujah. And number three, God's going to give you promotion. Hallelujah. He's going to promote you. What do you mean? He's going to give you revelation. He's going to promote you because he's going to say, there's things I want you to do in the body of Christ. There's things I want you to do. And in that process, he'll promote you up even in the worldly ranks too. Amen? Because God wants people that love him to be here on the earth, to serve him so that he can show the world and the devil how great he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Hallelujah. 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 I am a nor Mario Coso Tormante Abarre conto, nec, nor Yacaso, Catia Roposte, Mariamanto, Le Doria Namasio, Loria Machoca, Nocia no Cantorio, Niaquesu, and Nec. Think not that I've placed an unfairly demand upon your faith, <laughs> because your faith that you have is a faith that I have given unto you, because No one has come unto me that I haven't drew unto me. And no one has come unto me that I haven't given the faith to believe that who I am. And as you understand that faith, and you understand that because as you've already exercised your faith in believing in me and accepting me as your Lord and as your Savior, ha, you've already exercised the greatest amount of faith that you could ever exercise. Everything else in my word is easy. If you can believe me, if you can believe me, that because you said with your mouth and believed in your heart and you sensed and knew the change that that you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, if that is real in you, then every other promise that I have said in my word is easy. He's not hard, but it is the way that what we've planned because you came to me by faith for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it is my gift that I give unto you so as you understand that you're looking to see and checking and trying to figure out how can I get more of this or more faith or more of this oh but you have to realize that that faith is within you every man that's been given the measure of faith that's on the inside of you and all, that, all these things that I've said, it seems that, oh, God is being unfair or being unjust because he's, he's saying that I have to do some things. But, oh, no, God says, I have given all things for you freely to enjoy. But now you have to stand up and you have to tell the devil to take his hands off of things. You have to stand up and declare, this is my rights and my privileges. This is what belongs to me. This is mine. This is mine. And yes, yes, you have to act right, live right, talk right, believe. Because you're my children, says the Lord. You're supposed to act and talk and be like me. You're supposed to walk in the way that I walked, says the Lord. You're supposed to understand that the same spirit that raised me up is the same spirit that raised you up and is in you. That same spirit, that same anointing, that same power. Hallelujah. No, I've not left you. Orphanless, I've not left you comfortless. That same, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And the Holy Spirit is here and ruling and reigning. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to lift you up and sustain you. And have you not read or have you not heard that I said, I will never leave you. Never, 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 never leave you. Nor will I ever forsake you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I will be with you so that you can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Hallelujah. Oh, so now's the time to lift your head. Now's the time to lift up and know, oh, I've got this. I can do this. Yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Notice that I will strengthen you. Hallelujah. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my right hand. I will strengthen you. I will show you. But you've got to stand up. You've got to stand up. You've got to be tired of the enemy. That's bombarded your mind. You've got to get tired of the lies of the enemy that have said it'll never change. You've got to get tired of the enemy who has lied to you and said you can't do these things. But, oh, you can. You can. It just takes an act. It takes an act of doing the word and not just hearing the word. Not just hearing, but doers of the word, which means I believe. I believe that when I pray, God give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That he actually gives me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That when I ask that he opens the eyes of my understanding. Oh, let the eyes of my understanding be opened that I might know. What is the hope of your calling, of calling unto me? The hope that I have. It may look like I'm helpless, but I'm not hopeless. Hallelujah. Because I am never without hope. Hallelujah. But you've got to lift up. Because it's time for you to think right. It's time for you to believe right. It's time for you to start talking right. And it's time for you to start living right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We magnify your name. We honor you. Father, we take your admonition. We take what you've said and what you're sharing. Lord, Lord, we honor you. We love you. Father, you correct who you love. That's what the Word of God says. You correct us. Why? Because you love us. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you for reminding us this morning. Thank you for reminding me to not just going through the motions. Father, as, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed right now, oh, my heart's cry, Father, as I ask every every. Prayer, every service. If there's anyone here under the sound of my voice, or anyone that's come here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's my heart's Christ people to get born into the kingdom of God. But also, people that have fallen away from God—they need to come back to the Lord. They need to come back to God. They need to come back. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you just need to make you know a new commitment, you need to come back. You know, you know, we needed that. Said, so, well, I I did the. Listen, when God's tugging on your heart, that's when you say, you know what, hey, I need to to declare his lordship again. I need to get my life right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if you're here, and if you're watching, hallelujah. If you're here, I want you to raise your hands so I can pray. We're going to believe God with you. We're going to lead you to Jesus. God, Don't say, well, I can do this whenever. Today's the day of salvation, okay, guys? You always need to know that. And And listen, we're the church, and so I know that most of us all here are born again, but there's God's drawing people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I believe that. I believe we're speaking into the lives. But also, I also know that God's drawing. He's drawing people back in. There's a revival in the church. So one more time, I'm going to look over. If you're here and you need Jesus or you need to come back to God, then let me let me pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, you know the one thing is, is that uh, I, I, in fact, lift, open, lift up your heads and, and open your eyes here. You know, I, I shared this, the, you know, when I talked about I wore out my rededicator and, uh, you know, this thing's there. The problem was is that because of rededicating my life, but the one thing I was so grateful that every time the Lord touched my heart, I, I didn't mind running down to the altar and, and thinking and getting Jesus be Lord of all. In fact, you know, when I was young, they'd say, well, when are you going to stop him? Because he's, you know, he's gotten and he. And I knew I was saved. I mean, I just, but they would preach it so like I feel like, oh, I must, you know, I'm sure I could find something wrong with me, so I'd run down and pray again and get, make Jesus. But it's like one person said, when he gets it, he won't have to go forward anymore. Amen. Now, I got it when I first got it, but the key was, is that I kept being, but you know, every time I went down and prayed, God touched my heart and see the funny thing was is that it helped me later on it, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and everything then when the Spirit was moving it didn't matter it was easy for me to jump in the river I didn't stand off and watch I could just jump in and get in the flow because I was used to yielding, even back then I was used to yielding. About because God touched my anytime He touches my, I just want God to. I want if He says get on your knees, I'm gonna get on my knees. God says cry, I'm gonna do whatever. Because that's the thing about it. I want to yield to Him, and when I do that, so I, I it never bothered me, you know. Like I said, people say, "Well, yo, know, He's just trying to, you know, do this or that." Said, it "Didn't that never bothered me at all?" I Got criticized about God all of my life because I started out real young. I've you know, been in this my whole entire life, and uh, but I love Jesus, and I'm still going. Hallelujah! And God's still God, and I still love all of you. Hallelujah! And we're gonna see the hand of God, and we are gonna see God move with a greater expectation. Amen. Hallelujah.